Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's going on, dude? How are you? How are you? Look at that. Shiny gold guitar and all. Matt, yeah. nice to meet you. Good to see you. What's going on? You got a full day of this? Yes. A full day every day. Yeah? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, of course. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing my um, sort of interviewing of various different rock stars and, you know, musicians for... 12 years now, John, and I've never spoken to you before, so I'm very excited to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Can I ask you, is there any way you could bump up the um, level on your microphone? Let's see. I could come closer and talk louder. la da There we go. That's perfect. I, yeah, I want to be able to hear you nice and clear. I did see you about 10 years ago backstage at the Birmingham O2 Academy I'd come there to interview Rob Hellbilly Deluxe 2 had just come out and you were kind of just walking around the corridor with your guitar um makeup all on and you just looked pure evil pure evil and um you're obviously not you're a very nice normal guy as far as rock stars go um is it always been about the guitar for you, John, is that just where your love and fascination of rock and roll begins and ends is with that beautiful thing in your hand right now? It absolutely is. And I'm 
always with my guitar. I mean, it's, it seems odd to say, but I'm always playing and I'm always picking. So um, that you saw me backstage with the guitar around me is not surprising. So it's just a, a little comfort thing for me as well. It's just like if when we were kids and we were walking around with our whoopee or something, our blankets or our favorite toy or something like that. That's what it is um, with me with the guitar still. And that's the thing that keeps you out of trouble as well, right? Because um, you seem to be one of the few guys in this game that has never succumbed to, you know, extracurricular activities, let's say. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I've always tried to, like, not do drugs, not drink, not smoke, and just, um, you know, it just wasn't really for me. I just loved playing and watching TV and hanging out with friends and just... Uh, doing doing that kind of thing and why not just do that so what grabbed you first was it a specific player was it a moment on television was it a live show what was the light bulb moment that made you go that's for me there was a light bulb moment where i was watching there's a tv show called hee-haw here in america that yeah, uh, yeah. buck owens right it's not you're not widely known over here but i mean buck owens for me i love country music obviously act naturally became a big hit for the beatles with ringo singing but that was obviously him who was the other host it was him and one other guy right Clark. so it, it's they were i was watching the show in 1976 and there was a banjo champion we watched it you know every week banjo champion of 1976 that was this little kid uh jimmy henley and he was playing and I was like, whoa, and I, it was just so amazing. And that was the light bulb that went off for me. I was like, because he was so good. Mm -hmm. It just made me, it just inspired me. I liked anything that was done well. And it was, you know, incredible. And I was so excited about that. I was just really, really super excited about it. And I wanted to play guitar electric guitar because i knew you couldn't get a lot of chicks playing banjo <laughs> so um i knew that that guitar was cool and that's why i play a telecaster because they all play telecasters on their show well i mean even up to the newest record you got how high the moon on there um, and georgia on my mind as well so that fascination is clearly although it's gone electric the country is very much still in your veins isn't it Yes, and I also did that uh, crazy little thing called Love in the Chet Atkins style, you know, with that Mel Travis, Chet Atkins style of playing. Well, even for Queen, that's a country song, isn't it? It's a country and western ditty. Yeah, yeah, but I made it real. I took it to the next level with the country-isms. Would you do <laughs> a full country tour? Would you ever just kind of go full Stetson, cowboy style? I think I would but not like with the uh not with the rhinestones or anything like that i think i would do it like a different way like really dirty 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 like hillbilly type of working in the coal mine type type of look you know but i would do it and it would be it'd be wicked well even on the latest zombie album as well. And I know he's obviously got that fascination with not just country music, but, you know, kind of, you know, country hillbilly cinema. 
as well. But like what there's a couple of tracks on that latest record. I wrote them down here. The 18th Century Cannibals and the the much talked of Metamorphosis. Those two tunes off the latest zombie album. Yes. When you're writing stuff like that, is that coming from you purely? Is it coming from both of you together? Like, because you've obviously been with him for enough records now, you know what each other like. But who brings the country stuff to the forefront? Well, if he visualizes it and he asks me about it, I'll be like, yeah, sure. You know, and um, like that, tra- that song Ghost Train that we did on the record uh, is total country. And then it has that really heavy um chorus but yeah we did th- we did that in like one day because he was like yeah give me like this and give me that i'm looking looking for something like this and uh luckily we communicate so well and we kind of are on the same wavelength as um what we are what he describes to me and all that stuff i know exactly what he's talking about yeah his brain um if you don't know anything about him, you'd probably think like this guy takes LSD every day. He's a maniac. Um, but Rob's very much like you, isn't he? He's just like, for lack of a better word, and I mean this respectfully, kind of just like a geek, right? And he just loves music and cinema and comics and art. And like you, he's just there to make stuff rather than, you know, go wild backstage. Yeah, because I don't know, going wild backstage, I don't know. It just seems that it's going to catch up with you. And I want to do this as long as I can. Yeah. Amen. And so far, so good. <laughs> so when you're a kid and you're, you know, figuring out that guitar is your calling and, and that rock and roll is going to be your path, um, are your parents supportive of the initial move towards making music a, a full-time thing? They were supportive because they said, okay, as long as you get up for school, you can go and play these clubs. And I was really, really, really young playing these clubs. I even wore a long black wig because <laughs> I would play with these guys that all had long hair and stuff like that. And uh, I was so young and they were like in their mid twenties and I was like 13, you know? So uh, I was playing these clubs at such an early age and it was awesome. You know, it just was the best, you know, but I uh, learned a lot and I'm so happy I did that because I learned so much about, you know, playing live and the business and all that stuff. It's just like you can punch the punching bag as much as you want, but until you get in the ring, it's completely different. Yeah. And then you're not a band till you play the gig. Oh, you can have a million and one rehearsals. And that's the same if you're a stand up comedian, you can have hours of material. But until you get up there on stage and take that leap of faith, only then is it real and i think i mean so the first time you're up there is the thrill of performing live as exciting for you as learning parts writing parts being in the studio and recording or were you more of a studio and session guy to begin with um, and then you found your feet and confidence on the stage over time i think it's a little bit of both because i it's like if you eat the same kind of food over and over and over again you really love this food you really love it. You're like, oh, I love this food, but I think I want some, some, something else now. And you eat that and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of how I am. Like if I'm in the studio too long, which I love doing, I'm ready to get on the road and vice versa. And I have a lot of fun on the road. Um, 
like playing live. It's, it's like, I, I do a little, I play a little game and I see how perfect I can play something because everyone has phones nowadays, but I try to see how absolutely perfect I can play. Cause you know, you're moving around. It could be like, you know, like whatever, like, but I, I try to do it as uh, and it's a little game I play to see like how perfect I can get it on the beat or how perfect I can execute this part, you know? And because you're playing things over and over every night and it's just, um, it can get repetitive, but if you do that kind of game, like if you're, if you're driving and you're like, let's see how perfectly I can stay in the lines. It's not easy, you know, for a long distance. It's really like, you go that way a little bit, you go that way. And that's how I am kind of with playing live shows to see how perfect I can get it. So I really love both, uh, both things of playing live and, you know, recording as well. Well, what you're talking about there as well is like stimulating your awareness of the moment too and being really present in the moment by focusing on the tiny details and specifics because you can go it's the same with you know if you want to use that driving analogy and with playing shows as well i know from doing many in a row you can go into cruise control can't you and you can drift off and what you're talking about is kind of shining that awareness of the situation and and being present in the moment and ultimately enjoying it more because you're engaged right and even if you concentrate if you're like oh this is going really good but to go even a little bit further to see how well you can lock in or how well you can play something because as you know like if you're in the studio you play something it can be played completely different the second time around so that's kind of what i do and it it, it makes it interesting this and luckily when people are recording with their phones i promote it i'm like record all you want it's your phone you know (laughs) because listen a lot of people can't make the show they're sick they're got hurt they can't they don't have the money so why not you know why not record the show i think it's wonderful when you move out to Los Angeles, you were like kind of born and raised in Detroit, right? Or not Detroit, like a suburb of Michigan. Right, yeah. And I, and I left that like right when I turned 18. So I've been out here for a thousand years, it seems like. You know. <laughs> so it's, what year did you land in L.A.? Uh, it was 88, 89. So musically, what's going on then? Is, is the sunset strip scene dying out? What, what's occurring on the Hollywood scene at that time? I guess it was 88. It was in full force. And it was rocking. It was happening. And I remember, I think it was around, I don't know, when did Nirvana Nevermind come out? 91. Okay, 91. So it was still going. It was still going. And then when Nirvana, when that came out, it was still going, believe it or not. It was still going, still going. And then right around 94, and I remember it just like someone turned the lights on. I was like, hey, what's going on? And there was nobody out there. I was like, whoa, what's going on? What's happening? And it was completely different. And I remember it was like 94. 
was weird. that good was that good news for you was that bad news for you were you kind of like were you a hair metal fan were you going to try and get in those kind of bands when you got there well i love i love music so i love the you know, the 80s, and I love the grunge-style stuff. I love all of it. You know, I'm a, like a really big fan of all of it. I mean, when Alice in Chains and Nirvana and Stone Temple Pilots and Soundgarden and all that stuff came out, I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, I just, because it was great music. Yeah. I was not one of those people that were like, hmm. I only like Kiss, Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I I was like, just took it open arms and went crazy with it. And then the same thing with the industrial thing that was happening, Ministry and Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson and all that stuff. I went crazy for it. I just, I love music and I love great music. As a kid, like, well, you know, you're obviously 18, which is, you know, technically an adult, but it's really not in terms of life experience and, and everything as well and and hollywood back then by all accounts was you know kind of rough and tough and 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 down and dirty were you like intimidated at all was it scary for you or did you take to the scene well and and just throw yourself in it was very scary until i really figured out what i was gonna do like it was scary because i was like well what are we gonna where are we gonna sleep you know like i just didn't understand what was going on and um, it was, but it was such a, a strange community of people and musicians and friends. Everyone kind of helped each other in, in a sense, you know, and it was, it was really a, a long, drawn out party that was happening. Um, it was some of the greatest times of my life. And it was just magical i mean i don't know if this this sounds really strange but i don't know if you go out go outside sometimes and there's a smell in the air and it just brings back memories or something like that that's how it was with you know like when i was in hollywood it was just so fun and so careless and you know um i didn't i wasn't a bad guy you know, I wasn't like a bad dude doing bad stuff, you know, so I have nothing but just amazing, fun memories. It was great. Who are the first rock stars that you, you know, either encounter socially or or jam with? I want to talk to you about Bob Marlette in a bit, because I gather that's kind of like an early key figure in, you know, your creative path. But in terms of like maybe a moment you have in a a club or somewhere are there a couple of those that spring to mind where you're like oh wow i can't believe this is such and such right here and it was like all the time it was because i would go to the cat house or dello red light districts coconut teaser all these places these clubs and you know guns and roses they were always around motley crew they were always around um who else was always around? Uh, Faster Pussycat was always around the LA Guns. They were always around Skid Row. Um, so these were people that were just around because they were young. They were young. They were in their, what, 
I, I'm not good with years and ages and stuff, but I'm thinking they were in their late twenties, you know, or something like that. And at this time, and what would you do at that time? You just went out. So where was the place to go? You went at these places and it wasn't like a VIP thing. It was just a, a club where people went and people would get up and play all the time. They would jam, you know, you'd see guys from Guns N' Roses get up on stage and Skid Row and like, you know, Ozzy's band would just get up and just play and stuff. It was just such a different time. But now, you know, it's like you see people get up and jam, but like it was like, okay, well, we're going to rehearse this and this and this. No, it wasn't like that. Like people would just get up and play because there was no cell phones or anything like that. So they weren't worried. The only people that were going to see it are the people right there. And if you had a camera, that that was about it. Yeah. The cell phones that, you know, they have very positive and also perhaps restrictive impacts in, in particularly the music scene and performance scene, I think. And as you say, because now everybody in the room's got that device, that spontaneity that would have been a nightly theme back then is kind of just, it's, it's gone now, isn't it? It was crazy, like seeing Axel and all these guys just hanging around. So Bob Marlette. I know of him because he produced the first Airborne album, who are good friends of mine, and then he went back, I think, and did their fourth record. Um, and they've talked about working with him and just what a musician and a fan he is, as well as being a producer. Um, I gather he's somebody who, in your life early on, you know, changed the, the way in which you were going, right? Yeah, it was like that scene in Step Brothers where they realize oh my god you know let's do karate in the garage you know it was like that kind of you know we were just such great friends and we just connected on every level and he taught me so much i mean he taught me so much and i learned and learned and learned and just would always listen and he was like my yoda and really taught me a lot about songwriting and and what to do and what not to do with the business. And I made so many records with Rob. And then later in my career, I brought with, with Bob, I brought Bob to like zombie. And I even brought Bob to Manson. He did some Manson stuff. I even brought Bob to Leonard Skinner, you know, so he helped me so much. And then, you know, I, helped him as well too. get like saying, Hey, meet, meet, the, meet this guy. He's incredible. He's an incredible producer. So I love him and I owe him so much. He's done so much for me. He's just the best. So Rob Halford, is that through Bob? How does that, how does that gig come around working with two? Yeah, that's through Bob Marlette too. Um, I don't remember it's Bob, I think new, Halford and said, Oh, you got to meet this guitar player. And we started working on some songs with me, Halford and Marlette. And it was great. You know, we just had this amazing sound and these great songs. And we made a great record with the uh, help of Trent Reznor. And it was a wonderful time. Now that I'm thinking about it, I've never had any weird like times in my life where I'm like, Oh, that was kind of weird or anything like that. It's always been so positive and so wonderful, you know? Um, and I think that is important 
for people like who's listening to this and watching this, you know, to be kind of a good person, be kind and, and, um, you know, treat people how you want to be treated because there's such an amalgamation of things that you have to do in this career, play well, be on time, be a nice person. You know, um, it's just, it's, it's not just one thing. It's just all these things together. Yeah. Well, you touch on something really important there as well, which is you kind of get back what you put out into the world. And that's, you know, very true of an industry like this where everything is based on people relationships, but it's also just true of, of day to day life, isn't it? And that kind of karma of the universe that comes back around is if you put out good into the world and conduct yourself in a way that's graceful and respectful, then you're going to get that as a theme in your life attracting you as well, you know, rather than the opposite, which is often chaos, misery and <laughs> horror. I, I agree. I'm just, you know, cause there's so many times where you're like, man, that guy is such a butthole. Why, you know, why is, why is that person like this? You know, and it's not just the music. It could be anything. And that's not good. I think if you put out positive vibes, you're going to get positive vibes back. And it's uh, people want to be around you when you're a nice person or, or, and it's just the opposite if you're not. What was David Lee Roth like? Because oh. he's, he's a rock and roll maniac, that guy is. I'd love to interview him. Um, what was he like when you met him and worked on the DLR band record with him? He, was, he knew exactly what he wanted. He was so, uh, he just knew what he wanted, knew what he wanted it to sound like. And I sent, the, sent him these songs this, to this office, and uh, he loved it. Cause you know, I love Van Halen and it was, I put on my best, you know, Van Halen type of thing. If I wanted to hear Van Halen make a record, this is what I would want it to sound like. And those songs you hear on that first record is exactly what I sent him. You know, um, we went to the studio soon after we played live and um, he was like, all right, great. And it was, it seemed like it was done so fast. I was like, what happened? You know, cause we just played and they recorded it and they were like, all right, cool. Let's, you know, move on. It was like so fast, but I was, again, I was concentrating so hard. Like the building could have blown up and I would have been so like, just, zeroed in on this song and that's how hard i would concentrate on this music because we were just playing live well rob halford and david lee roth you know these are like larger than life comic book heroes of your childhood and when you work with the pair of them is early on in your career uh, was nerves a factor with either of those projects or as you say there were you so focused on the task and the job that that helped alleviate any anxiety that would have been there from working with these you know, rock stars. I think there was always anxiety, but I, I was so focused and prepared that I said, this is just what I do. You know, this is just what I do. So I felt confident, but there's always that anxiety. Like it's my hero right there. You know, this is my, I didn't even think that guy was real, you know? So, um, I just, 
did my best and I've been friends with them for, I still am friends with them, you know, for with both those guys, Halford and Roth, you know, it's wonderful. It is. And, and I've never met Dave, but I've, I've interviewed Rob on the show and he is just from originally down the road where I'm from as well. And he is such a sweet, sweet man. That dude is, he's like as nice as they come, isn't he? It, he is. And you know why? Cause there's nothing for him why, why would you be upset? You're Rob Halford, you know, you're just, you're the greatest. So why not be the nicest person? He's got just like the, the greatest, greatest voice, the greatest life. I mean, he's incredible. Same with David Lee Roth, you know, it's just like, what, what an amazing time. I mean, I'm just worried. I'm going to wake up from a dream and go, Whoa, I had this crazy dream that I did all this stuff and play guitar and, did interviews, you know, and all this stuff, you know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, dude, I want to get on to the solo stuff from Rob Zombie momentarily, but I want to touch on this if you don't mind, not in relation to what's been going on more recently, but like your time with Manson, because we're talking a lot about good dudes and nice guys and you know, you you joined that band a very insane time, you know, off the back of the Columbine shooting when all of the American media just, you know, like guns out, all out assault on him as this cultural figure and trying to pin all of this horror on him. And you joined that band at that time. What was that like for you walking into that storm? Well, it was, you know, we were on tour, so the media, it was... I was not doing a lot of interviews. It was mostly Manson doing the interviews. So I just, you know, did did my job and did my shows and played as well as I could and and uh, made sure I was on time and wrote the best songs that I could. And that's pretty much what it was for me. But I wasn't like doing crazy amount of interviews or anything like that. So it was... Um, it was pretty easy for me because I was mainly just playing guitar and writing songs and playing concerts. The fight song I think is one of his best. Um, 
was that a composition written solely by you from a musical standpoint was that your your track yeah um and where that came from you know it was like that intro but it was kind of like from Woohoo! <laughs> yeah 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 that was the inspiration yeah. was it yeah that was the inspiration that's amazing that's two worlds i'd have never put together manson and blur that's amazing yeah i mean i love i just love blur i love i just love music in general you know i just uh, am such a fan of everything if it's well done i love it how much funk do you listen to because you're one of the few white guitarists that has so much funk just oozing out of you specifically with the solo stuff but i mean it's obviously there with the zombie records but particularly yeah. with your solo releases there's a lot of funk going on yeah i really love that like and i love like the slap stuff like you know that kind of that kind of stuff is really cool and really funky and i love things with a groove and um i i don't know i always have i just love that just like Jamiroquai and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It just really always dug. I was like, man, this is so good, you know? So uh, I've, I'm a fan, again, of like anything done well, I just really, really will eat it up, you know, and, and try to put it in my plane as well. Do you, do you have a dance around the house when no one's watching, John? Are you a dancer? I don't because I'm... And I would, you know, but I'm pretty <laughs> What's stiff, stopping you? <laughs> you know, but you know who can dance amazing is zombie. It's like he can dance so well. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this guy. Dancing. Like on stage and stuff, he'll do his thing. It's, it's pretty incredible. But I wish I could dance because I'd be dancing all over the place. Yeah, when you're tall and skinny like he is as well, it's quite hard to have composure and rhythm and flow. And he's got it, isn't he? He's yeah. got the moves absolutely when you two first meet um you know i mean it seems like we sort of touched on this in our last conversation but i'd love to pick it up because you really seem to be kindred spirits and am i right in thinking that he was about to or thinking about walking away from music altogether and just focusing solely on his film career until he met you and you joined the band and you guys started collaborating is that vaguely true or or have i been misinformed there you know, I think he did say that in some interviews and which, you know, I'm blown away by. But the the truth is, is, you know, I was so excited to get in the band. I loved White Zombie. I loved Rob Zombie's solo stuff. I was such a fan. And I was so like, this is awesome. This is awesome, isn't it? And he was like, whoa, you know, yeah, I guess it is awesome, you know, because it's, it's, it's his stuff that he does. And he just, I think it just inspired him that someone was, I don't know what it was like in his other band, but I think it wasn't great, you know, and people weren't super happy. But when I got in there, I was like, this is the greatest, you know, look at what we're doing. Look at these songs, blah, blah, blah. So I think it just inspired him that uh, I was so excited and we got, you know, a band that was so excited to be playing with him. I think that inspired him. Yeah, I mean, with an act like that as well, how can you not have fun 
when you're in his band making oh. that kind of music happen on stage because it's just you know it's the like greatest. a night at the theme park isn't it it's so much fun and he's the best dude you know like if he was a miserable person it'd be like another thing but he's literally the best dude you know as long as you show up play your part be a normal person you know yeah it's been 17 years now that i've been in the band it's like it's been incredible what's your personal favorite album that you've made with zombie do you have one the last one yeah like hands down the last the last album it is by far my favorite record that you've ever been involved in with zombie um that i've ever been involved in boy that's tough oh my god i would say either this album sinner or invasion my last album mm -hmm. like it just everything came out perfect i was like whoa but my favorite zombie record is definitely this last record i it's just like we play like three songs live and i'm I just love it. I'm just so excited about it. And it was made really quick. And it was, you know, it was, uh, you know, he just did a great job. I think he hit it out of the park. Have you ever acted in any of his films? Have you ever done a cameo? I did. So I, let's see how I can say this. <laughs> I, I do things that I know that I'm pretty good at playing guitar, writing songs. You know, there's some people that are like, oh, I'm going to act, I'm going to sing, and I'm going to dance, and I'm going to this and that, you know. But it never turns out good for, I mean, it's a very small handful of people that can do all those things. So Rob said, okay, I'm going to have you be a extra in this, in this movie one of his movies and i had to wear this mask and i was like this surgeon and i was so bad <laughs> what just with no dialogue as well no dialogue i was horrible and so i put this mask on and i had these two little uh nose holes that i could breathe through but they were like very small right i couldn't breathe i was like whoa 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 cut <laughs> you know I, I can't breathe and I had to like take it off and they had to like, I, I was a mess. I was a mess. <laughs> so that was my film debut, my, uh, my short film career. Did it make the final cut of the film? I think it did. Like <laughs> I'm like one of the guys like trying to breathe or something it looked like, but no, he, he's, he's great. And I know, I know like, I always joke, oh, Rob, you know, make sure, you know, I'm ready for my close up because he knows what, you know, like how horrible I would be at that stuff. You, know? <laughs> you scored, is it the Salem movie he did? Did you score that one? Yeah. And it was great. It was a lot of work, but I had a lot of fun doing it. And there was so much music in that film. I mean, there was like 60, 70, 80 cues and it was so much music but i had so much fun you know and it was it was great I, I i always said i don't like filming movies but i would only um i i'm scoring films but i would only score rob's films you know 
Do you know Tyler Bates? I'm presuming you know Tyler. Of course, he's brilliant. He's yeah. brilliant. I mean, that, that guy is like the king of the rock and roll movie score, isn't he? Oh, he's incredible. He's incredible. So talented. Yeah. Yeah, I had him on recently. and was just blown away by his, you know, body of work. Insane. So, um, Oh, yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's he, incredible. You know all the guys in KISS at this stage, right? Are they all buddies of yours? Yes, I know all of them, and they're all good friends of mine. Yes, absolutely. Have you worked with all of them? I know you've worked with Paul. I know you've worked with, obviously, Peter on this new record. Have you worked with Ace or Gene? I worked with Ace on his on both of his um, albums, um, and we always have a great time. I've known Ace for, you know, seems like 100 years. So I'm very close with him. The only person I have not worked with is Gene, who I'm close with, but I've never worked with him. That must be a trip, right? As, as somebody who, you know, idolized many different bands, but Kiss being perhaps the gateway in. Yeah. The thing with Peter, uh, Georgia on my mind. Uh, I love I love the little vocal sample you left in as well. kind of stuff you know we had such a great time doing it and peter just sat down and played and it was perfect it was amazing like it's just inside him of being a kid playing that jazz and you hear that jazz influence on a lot of those kiss kiss records you know yeah he's amazing i mean do you think do you think they'd ever do it with the original four and do you think it would be good if they did would you like to see it as a fan who's this john who's this that's Herman. Herman, say hi. But I hope so. I I really do hope so. He's um, you know, who knows if they have their last show. <laughs> That's one hell of a view right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> if they their last show, they have all the guys. You know, it'd be great. Yeah, never say never, right? That's right. I hope so. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> there you go. Tell me about Ozzy. What, what's your connection with Ozzy? Um, I don't like, I, I, of course I've known Ozzy a long time through Randy Castillo, through Zach, but you know, just like, you know, in passing and, and I did a um, show in Oslo in Norway, um, Ozzy slash and friends. And I got to play with Ozzy, but I've known him forever, but never really worked with him or anything. Right. Um, and the final guy from that sort of like era, um, is there like Slash you just mentioned there, is there a professional connection with you guys? Um, I met Slash like on their first tour and hung out with them and just stayed friends with them and just always had such a great respect for Slash. Slash is one of the ones who made me, uh, who really influenced me to move to California and, and, and go after my dream, you know? So, uh, it was, it was, um, you know, it was like, it was slash that, that really helped me make that decision. I, I wasn't talking with him about it, but 
just seeing what he's done and what he's doing, it really made me go, I'm going to do this, you know, that whole welcome to the jungle thing. And I talked to him about it and he was like, oh my God, you know, that's really cool and stuff like that. But yeah, he was the reason. Has Nikki left LA now? Is he, is Wyoming home? Yeah, he's Wyoming home and he is. Was that a bummer for you to lose your buddy? Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Cause <laughs> I, we're, he just texted me when we were doing this. That's why I reach out like this and swipe it. But yeah, um, he's surrounded by beautiful, beautiful wilderness. Uh, he's surrounded by crazy wild animals. He'll be like, Whoa, look at this moose in my yard, you know? And, um, he loves it though. He's, he couldn't be happier. Yeah, I, I did a show with him on Kerrang Radio for about a year. He would do like an hour-long slot within my show every week. So I got to know his like radio team and work with him pretty closely. And he's just such, considering what he's been through as an individual, just such a down-to-earth, like grateful guy that still seems so engaged in life. Um, and yeah. obviously in, in art and, and creativity as well, he's constantly making and putting out things, including right. his new book um what's the project that you him and rob have going is that going to be something that will develop ever is that a different cat there that's a different cat what who, who's this one called this is vlad and he is see he's got like a little midget arms <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's really, funny they've got totally different faces yeah yeah this one is like uh he looks like a bunny but he's really this one's really super cute but he's a um like a little miniature guy and uh you can see his arms and stuff it's funny <laughs> but, yeah 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 uh, like t-rex style <laughs> but they're all hairless but he loves to stand in front of the uh TV, uh, the computer or the phone any chance he gets check out his body in the reflection <laughs> right but la la rats you know hopefully we'll do something in the future you know i really hope we do something in the future because it was so fun to do that one song you know it was a blast yeah it sounds killer as well yeah thank you what about skinnered i'd love to hear some stories about working with them i mean that's the fucking institution of 70s classic american rock right there oh my god um how did that call come about i was writing i was a staff writer for chrysalis publishing and they said hey you want to go write with skinnered and i was like Absolutely. I know every Skinnerd song there is, you know. So I went and flew to Nashville. And, you know, I it was cold. I had like this big black fur coat on. I had no eyebrows. I had two different colored shoes on. I, I mean, I looked like a complete lunatic. <laughs> and they they thought it was a joke. They thought someone was pulling a joke on them. And because I looked so crazy and I walked in with the guitar and I said, hey, I'm here to write with you guys. And then I started, what did I do? I think I started playing like, like some Jerry Reed or something like, you know. And then, you know, I would start doing like that kind of music. And they were like, oh, cool. So that kind of stuff. And they knew I was serious then. And then we ended up writing a bunch of songs together. And they told me the greatest stories. Like 
they used to fight like motorcycle gangs. And this is when they were at their height, like selling out arenas and they would like fist fight like motorcycle gangs. Like, <laughs> like it's just how they were, you know? And it was just, it was, and it just blew my mind. Could you imagine like a band nowadays, like that have, that are like surrounded by so much security, you know, that they didn't have any security. They were like, all right, you know, screw you. And they would like, that's why you would see them on stage all banged up sometimes. <laughs> that's the real deal right there, isn't it? The real that's the real deal. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Well, listen, what did they get like any kind of inkling um, about the use of Freebird? in devil's rejects did they have any thoughts on that because that for me that scene with that song is one of the most cinematic moments it's maybe the most cinematic thing rob's ever done i think that ends I know. Up. It's, it's it's unbelievable it really is yeah they um approved it for for rob and um <laughs> the cat they really um it really captured that moment i mean that's where you hear a song and visually it just works perfectly and it did it just it just was like unbelievable when that song was playing and at the end and all that stuff all that stuff that was happening i mean it was incredible incredible so what's left for you john um you know you've worked with so many of the greats you've you've released how, how many solo albums have you done now is this number nine sinner i don't know to it's enough honest, to lose count know. right <laughs> I, I i have no idea but it's just the beginning you know it's just so the beginning is there anything top of the list that you'd really love to do in the immediate future like are there certain people you'd like to work with or projects you'd like to develop or styles you'd like to delve more into i've done so much that i just want to do everything you know i just want to do everything i mean they're putting my uh album cover oh hi herman they're putting my album cover on a race car on October 30th in a couple of days. And I mean, just things like that. It's just, I mean, I'm so happy. I'm like so appreciative of everything that's going on. I, I just, I couldn't be happier. It's all just uh, been just an incredible dream. Amen to that. And you a family man as well. You got kids and everything. Yeah, I have three kids and um, you know, they're great kids. It's it's uh, a lot of work and a lot of fun. That's for sure. So you've done it all, man. You, yeah, I mean, right. God forbid if the world was to go up in flames tomorrow, you could go to the other side, a, a happy and accomplished, complete individual, right? That's right. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this is uh, it won't. And but <laughs> I, it is really just the beginning. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to probably drop on stage somewhere. Know. are you going out on stage soon I, I gather you were meant to be but that's no longer going ahead right or is has the date's been pushed back or the creatures tour? yeah i i pushed i'm not going to do the ingray tour but i am um you know i'm going to be out there in the spring and stuff it just wasn't the right time you know it's just all this crazy stuff that's going on but it's starting to get better so i really believe that next year is going to be awesome and hopefully i'll be on tour like every day next year yeah 2022 for me has all the makings of the best year of our lives after yes. two years of rest and recuperation and 
now we can get into the regeneration part and um yeah maybe the roaring 20s are still going to come they just start in a couple of years later than planned <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm totally into it i'm in well i saw you play at the garage in london a few years back doing the solo stuff and it was an amazing show that i recommend if anybody gets the chance to go check it out and the new album's brilliant they're all great i can't claim to have heard all of them but i've heard at least you know half a dozen and i just i find you're one of those artists that when i'm listening to what you're doing i'm having fun because you're having so much fun and that just comes across thank you i appreciate it yeah means a lot thank you so you have a great day thank tell, you thank tell, you very much tell nikki that matt stock says hello and um i I'll will see you again john all right thank you bud take care buddy bye-bye Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.